I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Training camp is finally here. Day one. I, I guess media day is technically, I mean, it's technically the first day that they're supposed to report. Um, but it's not day one of camp. Uh, today, or yesterday, on Tuesday, day one of training camp for the Dallas Mavericks Man, it would be it'd been fun to be a fly on the wall in that practice. It'd be fun to be a fly on the wall in any practice, but especially one after a loss, and then maybe the first one of the season. That that would be interesting to me to see those. Yeah, because I mean, you know, everybody's coming into it just happy and excited. Not to like plug a my piece today, but like oh, definitely wrote, plug your piece. Come on, but like I I wrote about just them forming this family-like bond and just the common thing that when I talked to a bunch of players at media day, they're just so excited. Like it's just, you know, I haven't been doing this for you know decades, like some of these other reporters out there, but this feels like the most exciting that a team, you know, this team has been since I've been covering the team and they're, you know, they're young, they're youthful. It's just a different, they all realize that it's a new chapter of Dallas Mavericks basketball and, yeah, and so, yeah, going back to what day one of training camp, I can just see everybody just hyped to come in there, you know, get their shoes laced up, they're ready to go, just hyped. And, uh, yeah, it must have been fun off the bat. It must have been. And this team, we've talked about this team. It, I mean, you can figure out a decent five-on-five game with this team. There, there are a lot of teams like the Lakers. that They had that ridiculous story that came out like, oh, AD and LeBron were pulled out because their team dominated so much. Like, yes, obviously their team dominated so much in practice. Like they should. That's more hey, about how terrible Lake, their how terrible their bench is. The Mavericks Lakers though, headlines right now coming out of camp. <laughs> they're next level. There's all kinds of stupid. It's incredible. St- there's stupid storylines. Avery Bradley, <laughs> most approved player. <laughs> except except he was guarding Rondo. <laughs> That was the thing about that story is they were like, oh, so much hype about Avery Badley right now. He's he's looking really good in camp. There's also a story that Rajon Rondo said that uh, he's like, Avery, guard me every single time so that we can get better together. And it's like, mm. okay, Avery Bradley looks yeah. good. Avery, Bra- Avery Bradley guards Rondo. I think those two things are connected. Probably. <laughs> anyway, but the Ma- the Mavericks, they split Luka and KP. They can, they can come up with a pretty good five-on-five. That would actually be competitive between the two. So it would be interesting to see that. Um, But, yeah, we're going to talk all about training camp today. We have a bunch of notes about things, different quotes. Uh, You'll hear from Justin Jackson briefly about his role in the team. We're going to talk about the wings. uh, And that's the one thing that we're really focusing on is is how is the starting five going to hash out. So, But before we do that, we got some five-star iTunes reviews. Didn't do one yesterday, so I wanted to do a couple today. Um, Eli Morris says that he's become a big fan of the podcast over the last couple of months. Let's go, Eli. Which Book we appreciate. A lot of people have become fans of the podcast over the last year or so. He said, I started listening after the Borzingas trade. Now I listen every day, which is the best kind of listener. The listeners that listen every day. Yeah. 
guess. Uh, great content overall. Even better hosts. That's so flattering. Aww, thank you. Thanks, so, Eli. I'm sure y'all have answered this, but it's a great, it's a great question. <laughs> I really wanted to do this one. What's the story behind the Raccoon Squad? We say oh, it God, all. The, no. We say it all the time. We haven't said it in so long. So Isaac, what's the story behind the Raccoon Squad? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this. Okay, I got to tell. A super dumbed down version of this, but it's very stupid. There's like no it's super, super, super <laughs> guys. Y'all gotta realize when we first started doing this podcast, <clears throat> we were like, "What are we gonna talk about every day?" Like we took this over. We knew the everyday commitment, obviously a daily podcast. And Nick and I took it over, and we're like, so we would talk about random things, which we still kind of do. I mean, to be honest, uh, we would talk yeah, well, about part, random. Part things. of our strategy at the beginning is to introduce it, talk about some kind of personal story, just you know, to 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 shake it up off the off the top and to get to allow you to get to know us a little bit more and yeah yeah so and so isaac's telling the story at the beginning like he normally does well yeah I, I mean i just tell a story at the beginning i told told one and i think my wife was gone i mean this was before we were even pregnant with our first child and now we're before either of you two. were pregnant <laughs> um and <laughs> and so anyway i think she was gone and i remember going outside in my backyard <laughs> And there was a raccoon out there in my backyard eating the, the pears off my pear trees. Um, and it, like, freaked me out. And I went inside and got, like, a little, uh, uh, like, a BB gun and all this stuff. And so it, it was a long, drawn-out story. And, like, people were listening back then, yeah, was tweeting at us about it and having fun with it and we had fun with it and there's a lot so of raccoon I, gifts too and so that yes, really there that, is. that has really helped that, that there are so many raccoon gifts yeah so there and so then like i had to give updates on the raccoon yeah. and the raccoon's family because they would obviously come back to my backyard and all this different stuff so anytime they came back i would mention on the pod Anyway, it just became bigger than what it should have been. Very stupid beginning, very dumb story. I'm sorry to let some of you down who have wondered what yeah. the raccoons got. So then it became a thing to where if you listened to the podcast, you knew what we were talking about. So it's kind of like this, yeah. hey, people tweet not gifts, but hey, you don't know what it is unless it's you like listen. It's like Dan Lebitard's and, like, you don't know the show thing. Like if you don't listen, you don't know the show. Yes. So, so yeah. So now so anyway, everybody listens. Go. They they understand the raccoon squad. Uh, I have an animal update for for, uh, for where I live. Oh gosh. So I live in I live in Florida right now. Uh, the other day, my dog was freaking out, and he barks only this certain way when there's something that he's never. I, I know my dog so well at this point. We've had him for over two years. I know his barks is to okay. There's a person coming to the front door. Uh, there's a uh, there's a car going by, a motorcycle going by. Or there's something that he's never seen before, and I know that bark. And so I heard that bark, and I go outside. I'm looking around. I don't see anything. So I go back in, and I sit down on my desk. I hear it again, and so I go back outside. I look around, and I see something under a car across the street. And I'm looking, I'm looking, and I look under the car, and I kind of see like this shadowy thing, but it was too dark under the car to see it. And then this guy across the street goes, Pig! And I was like, what? A pig? What are you talking about? And I'm waiting and waiting. My dog's still barking. And all of a sudden, out from under this car, this this little boar, like little baby like boar, comes out. He was probably the size of like... A feral hog was on your road? <laughs> it was 40 under the car. There was 40 or 50 under the car. No, there was oh one. There was one maybe like wow, the size of like a mailbox. And so he just waddles out from the car and he waddles back into the woods. Oh, Wilbur. 
<laughs> so we saw a pig, and it was hilarious. Just a wild pig just living in my neighborhood. I want to say only in Daytona, but that just sounds weird. Just oh, in Florida. And like yeah. the, all the things you hear about Florida are true. I've lived here for over a year now. They're, they're true, all of them. So that's the Raccoon Squad. Wow, we've gone way too long on this. Uh, Merp says, how do you see our point guard lineup working out this season? I really want to see JB get solid minutes, but it seems like a crowded field with Berea, DeLon, and Seth added to the mix. Well, we think Seth is going to be pretty much a two guard. He's definitely going to play with one of those guys. We think DeLon is going to mm. start. The real thing that we're trying to figure out is the Berea and Brunson minutes. In the preseason, we're not going to see a ton of Berea. He's going to be limited. We already know that. We learned that yesterday. Uh, and so we're going to see a lot of Brunson. And then I think they'll just work Berea back in. And, and like we've mentioned before, we think that the J.J. Berea is going to be used as kind of a stopgap as somebody to come in and stop the bleeding pretty much. Yeah, well, Luka Doncic is the point guard. Uh, Rick Carlisle yeah, made that also very, that's, very that's true. If, you're winning, if we want to do official titles, yeah. so – uh, but I think you just have to throw position titles out the window right now. And um, and right now, DeLon Wright's still nursing the hamstring injury uh, that he, he suffered last week. and They just say he's limited right now. So, really, Jalen Brunson has the upper hand. We mentioned on yesterday's podcast that you know he's healthy, uh, had a really good offseason, has his chemistry with Luke already, and right now he's probably, he's probably getting first-team reps at that, quote, point guard spot next to Luca with uh, Delon and JJ nursing their injuries. Yeah. All right. So coming up next, we're going to get into the training camp notes, talk about some injury updates, talk about Justin Jackson and Dorian Finney-Smith and Tim Hardaway Jr. and that wing spot. All right, Isaac. So a couple of training camp notes. JJ Barea went through most of practice today. Um, he is still going to be limited in preseason. DeLon Wright, with his hamstring that we learned about on media day, he was limited during practice and during training camp today. Um, so still holding him out, but this is not this is not anything new. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is a full go after offseason rehab from leg surgery. That is good. That is positive that he is I just I want to add something real quick on that. He really emphasized that injury about last year and, mm. at media day of that it really – hampered him yeah, a lot did. and so if you are in that camp of hey man tim's gonna have a, an incredible season in dallas there's very year, few of that, us in the heart of hive <laughs> that's the that's the you know thing that you have to remember that's a big part of your argument right now of hey he was never healthy you know when he was here in dallas so now we're getting a fully healthy tim hardaway and he also mentioned last year that this is gonna be the first surgery of his life right I can't remember that. I think I that's remember. what he said. I'll look that up. But I'm pretty sure he said that was the first surgery he's ever had. Uh, and so that's gonna that's that's big for him to, to come back from that and to actually be uh, hurt like that. Also, uh, we had a couple things about Dorian. We'll mention those in a minute. But Luka Doncic, official height. Oh, Brad tweeted this out today, right? Six foot. Six and three quarters inches. <sighs> No, he's six foot seven. He's gonna fall in the draft, Isaac. <laughs> if people knew, if he he's not gonna be able to see six. over the line. He's not gonna be able to see over his offensive line, Isaac. You know who else was six foot six? Michael Jordan. You know where he went to college? <laughs> what a steal! Um, <laughs> yeah, Luca measured. He's he's been listed at six seven forever. Some people said he's even closer to six eight, but yeah, he's six foot six and. Uh, three quarters so he'll still be listed at six seven nothing really to see here but it's just kind of funny to see these official heights come out and we've we've seen very little of them 
Boreas, we've seen Porzingis and Bobons and now Lucas. So no comment from Isaac. All right, <laughs> Dorian Finney Smith. Isaac and I have done this for so long that I don't even. I was like, thinking prom- about something else. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't usually prompt him with a question or anything anymore. I just like like teeter off and just let him respond to something that I yeah. mentioned, and he just completely left me hanging there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Car- <laughs> Carlisle talked glowingly about Dorian Finney-Smith today. He said, I've made him aware that him playing center is also a possibility when we go to smaller lineups. He's shown that he can guard virtually any position on the floor, including centers. Uh, He said he could play a lot of four this year and then obviously some five and small lineups. I understand the five thing. Okay, so let's not freak out about playing the five because playing the five means if you're going to go against a team that has like Harrison Barnes at the five or a team that has a normal three at at a five position. That happens in the NBA. It's not gonna. He's not gonna start there. He's not gonna play against Joel Embiid. He's not gonna do that. But he's gonna play against these lineups that have a non-traditional center playing center because they're just playing super small. And I get that. And he should be good at that. I mean, I get it to an extent, I guess. But I just feel like if he's playing the five, that means KP's not on the floor. And I, I just don't, I don't know. Porzingis is not gonna play forty-eight minutes. I know, but okay. If he's if if Dorian's playing the five, that means KP. Boban, Maxi, and Dwight are not on the floor. Why are we paying all of them if Dorian's gonna? You know, like that's that's my only thing with that. I get the sentiment behind it of like, hey, he can play the five, or like if you're playing somebody like Golden State and Draymond's the five uh, in that lineup, like, hey, I, I'm, yeah, we could put Dorian against Draymond. Sure, I get that for sure. I, we just have so many bigs on our roster, and we have KP who's gonna start at the four and play some of the five. I don't see Dorian playing the five that much this year. But I, obviously, I could be wrong. Tim Hardaway Jr., first surgery I've ever had in my life. That's what he said back in April to to, to your very own Mavs.com. So. That's crazy. Way to read the site, Isaac. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I understand the sentiment about Dorian. There's going to be some lineups, though, where they need to go faster and they can't play any of those bigs. It's just going gonna, gonna to be spot minutes. KP can't be played off the floor. He can't. There's no way. Uh, Rest. Okay. Rest, yeah. <laughs> His own body will will go against. But him. I I still I'd still argue about Maxi though. I still don't know if Maxi could be played off the floor. Let's okay. Well, let's let's wait till see when this actually happens because I think it'll. I think lineups like this will happen where where Carlisle's gonna have to counter something and he's gonna do it with a Dorian at the five. Okay. And need really quick shooters and stuff like that. Or if I mean, who's the rest of the lineup at that point? And are you happy with that lineup? Are you happy with Dorian and Justin Jackson? And well, it's a Carlisle, it's a Carlisle special. Luka it's matchup based. It's it's going to be your your Luca at the four, Dorian Finney Smith at the five. Uh, maybe you play like Curry, like Curry at the Delon th- Seth and Jaylen. yeah, Delon Seth and, and Brunson. Like you play something like that, or Tim Hardaway Jr. or Justin Jackson or, or whatever. Hmm. Okay, I mean, yeah. Preseason, sure. Yeah, we'll see. It'll happen very sparingly, I'm sure. This is not as big of a deal. He also brought up the um, <laughs> a repeated version of things that he's said before. Uh, when people look back at the 2016 draft, undrafted Dorian Finney-Smith should have been a top 15 pick. We've done this over and over. We've done this three yeah. times, I think, now we've talked about this. It's not as crazy of a thing as some people say. Uh, and I tweeted this out today. You can go follow me at Nick Van Exit. 
But uh, which, by the way, came from a Tim Kawakami article from 1997. Go go look at my Twitter feed to find out that story. Um, but in that draft, Ben Simmons, Pascal Siakam, Karis LeVert, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Demonis Sabonis, Dejounte Murray, Buddy Heald, Jamal Murray, Malcolm Brogdon, Malik Beasley—all eleven of those guys definitely going over Dorian Finney-Smith. So yeah. now Isaac, take four of these players I'm about to name over Dorian: Chris Dunn, Torian Prince. Jakob Pertl, DeAndre Bembry, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Ivica Zubac, uh, Marquise Chris, Pat McCaw, Thon Maker, and Denzel Valentine. Uh, well, just I'm definitely not taking four over him. <laughs> there you go. He's in the top fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a brilliant statement by Rick Carlisle because yeah. it it's a it's a shot of confidence to your player. Yes, it is. Uh, it's truthful. Uh, when you break it down like that, you're like, oh, okay, that's yeah, that's not that outlandish. But if you don't break it down, go don't go look at the players. You're like, let's go undrafted to a lottery pick. Like that's crazy. Um, it says more about the, the the depth of that draft than it does about Dorian as a player. But Carla is using it as a as a way to motivate Dorian Vinny Smith, like Isaac says, to to instill that but, but confidence I, into him. I do want to give him credit though. I I don't want to come up like I'm like taking shot at anything, but like. I do want to give him credit because, yeah, he has proved that undrafted, now he's on his second contract in the league, a longer-term contract, that he has proved his worth in the league, what he does well, that the you know that an organization in the league loves him and loves developing him, that to where he has proved that he is in a, quote, redraft, he would be a lottery pick probably in that 10 to 14 range. So it is a huge confidence thing for you know Dorian Finney-Smith but it's yeah anyway yeah and Dorian Dorian Finney-Smith has proved to be a solid NBA defender and not all those players on that list can say that they are solid at one thing in the NBA or one side of the ball in the NBA so yeah it's and I and Carlisle you know Carlisle praises versatility today and you know it's the stuff that we've heard heard Dallas really praise him for uh, that Dorian can guard pretty much every spot on the floor and one through five that they they think he can he can do that and uh, I think that's why we can see him or start to project him some into some of these starting units because you know I, I thought one of the telling things that um I think Brad Townsend tweeted out today I, I couldn't make it to training camp today but um he, he said you know Rick said that you know Finney Smith is probably going to play more at the four than the three. Yeah. And that's something to keep in mind, you know, when you're, you're thinking about, because yeah, I mean, in what, five to eight years ago, Finney Smith would just be a three. And now that hey, he's going to play the he's, majority he played of his some time. Two in, in the NBA so yeah. far too. He played next to Dennis last year as a two. So you might see something to where Dorian might, he might not be the starter because KP and, and, and Dwight is going to start at that front court thing. But you might be, you might see something to where Dorian is one of the first guys off the bench, and he replaces Dwight, and KP moves to the five, and Dorian slides into that four spot. Or you could see him and Dwight switching spots in the starting lineup sometime when they do play some of these teams yeah. that have a really a more athletic four, like a Harrison. Well, we keep on using Harrison Barnes, but like you know, a guy like we, that. We at miss the four. you. We miss you, bud. <laughs> we miss you, HP. Uh, so yeah, I, or like I think if they're gonna he, play the Celtics, or if they're gonna play the Clippers, yeah, like Jason Tatum yeah. at the four, or something like that. Yeah, there's another example besides Harrison Barnes. <laughs> they're playing exactly. the Kings every single game this season. <laughs> every game. So all right, coming up next, let's hear from Justin Jackson, and we'll talk more about 
the fifth starter, and who we think is winning out between these three wings. All right, Isaac. So, uh, oh, one more note, from, one more training camp note before we get to the wings. Um, the Mavs Miami trip was almost in Europe. Yeah, that changed yeah, overseas. Does that change anything? No, no, no. Um, it would have been fun. It would have been fun though. Well, that was the original plan. I actually put a little. Well, I said it was over. It's supposed to be overseas in my piece today. Uh, y'all can see that. But um, click the link in the yeah. description. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that was the original plan. Was for them to go overseas. JJ Barea, uh, Dwight Powell. You know, some of them threw that out there. Like, hey, KP and Luca is gonna be. Uh, you know, they're gonna be overseas a lot over the off season. Let's just take a team bonding trip overseas and do the stuff. You know, over there. Obviously, stuff didn't work out. Summer league stuff, um, just different free agency stuff, schedule stuff, and they start looking at places on both coast, California, East Coast too. Then Hurricane Dorian hit, uh, and then they couldn't, you know, couldn't do Miami that week. So they were so determined. Like that, that was one of the, I, I really. They were determined to make this happen. Yeah. Then they, you know, the Miami trip happened. Yeah, that that part of it is a big deal. That they were so determined to make this trip happen that they had so many different plans and then it goes canceled twice and then now they actually went and, and did it and i think that's the important part but yeah i thought that it was almost in europe i thought was funny because we just had the the mavs take europe and it would have been, been interesting and people would have made so many jokes about the mavs being like a european team just based in yes. the united states okay yes. so let's let's discuss these wings so what have we learned about dorian finney smith justin jackson and tim hardaway jr about the hierarchy from where we thought before training camp to now. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I, I still am pretty confident that I think Tim Hardaway will start. Um, especially, I mean, you saw the very first uh, group picture that, you know, took place at media day uh, was, you know, Porzingis came down, joined the team down that staircase in the practice uh, gym at the AC and him, Luca and Tim Hardaway jr took a picture together them three you know and they took a bunch of pictures together and stuff normally those type of pictures don't i mean obviously luca took pictures with boban uh too but uh normally those and, type of pictures don't take place unless and boban Beret and porzingis too that's not that's not like you're starting five <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but normally i mean if you're gonna have the duo of the team you know you're not gonna put them with people that's not gonna have a big role on the team but that's not the tell-all for sure but then when tim was talking about you know yeah just his recovery and how he's been watching tape of michael finley and how he fits how finley fit with dirk and nash and all that stuff i still am just pretty confident that tim hardaway is gonna start but love seeing you know rick obviously praised Dorian finney smith and all of that but that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to ask Justin Jackson when I did it. I talked to Justin about a few different things, but I asked him very specifically. I'm like, hey, what is your role? And we're just gonna pull that one answer out of this, you know, out of that clip. So I cause I want you guys to hear how he answered that because I think how he answers it adds a little bit more to it than what you just reading it off a of paper of just me point blank saying, What's your role this year? What do you see your role looking like this year? You know, I'm not sure. You know, I think I worked on things in the offseason to try to put myself in a position to help the team in whatever way and uh, whatever coach might feel that is, um, you know, I'm here for it. You know, for me, it's just trying to go out there and earn everything I can possibly earn. And, you know, 
whatever else, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Interesting that he, he it seems he seems kind of down on it, but give give your take on it, and then I'll give mine. No, it was just you know sometimes you know players you know approach that question of you know even if they don't know like hey man I, my role I'm gonna be a shooter I'm gonna be this I'm gonna that's the way you know, Seth approached it he said I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. Well, I'm just going to, yeah, counter Luke and KP, you know, different stuff like that. If the team has been talking to him, if he thinks he's going to be a starter or something, he's like, you know, he would maybe, you know, approach it like that, how he would fit alongside those guys. Um, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it just seemed like those conversations might not have happened yet and that it's a true, honest competition in training camp that, hey, it's just up for grabs of who's going to start. And for him just saying, hey, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what my role is. You know, I've, I've put in a lot of work this offseason, but, um, yeah, we'll just see how the chips fall, you know, when, after everything plays out. So it sounds like Justin's going into training camp just eyes wide open. You have no clue what that role is going to look like, but he put in his work and he's going to give everything he has. And see, I take it in a different way. I think Justin Jackson is more of a reserved, like, humble guy, and I don't think he's going to come out and say, I'm the starter. You know, even if – even if he might know that, I think he's more of I'm just gonna you know do what I can, and he's like let the chips fall where they may. Uh, I think that's him him more of saying that I'm gonna put the work in, and I've you know been you know I'm up 20 pounds or whatever he, he said he was, and I'm gonna let the work you know prove itself. Whereas Tim Hardaway Jr. stood up <laughs> at the podium at media day and said we're making the playoffs. This is a playoff team. He's a different kind of guy. He's the the confidence, which is why he's the the chuck him up kind of, he's the chuck up all the shots kind of guy. So I think the difference in their demeanor, I think may have swayed your opinion as to who's starting at this point. Fair or unfair? Yeah. No, I can see that for sure. Yeah, they they have two different types of personalities for sure, and uh, I could definitely see either way on that. And so, I mean, it's, it's still up in the air, I think, at this point. Um, yeah, I will say with Rick, with Rick – you know, making it very clear, hey, you can expect Dorian to play a lot of the minutes at the four. I think yeah. some of us still put our minds into these defined positions of point guard, shooting guard, small four, all that stuff. And I think, you know, just how the game is combined, game is now combined with how Rick likes to play these small lineups sometimes, you almost have to, like, push up a position like, you know, bump some of these guys in your mind that you might think is a position and bump them up a spot. Like, we could see, we honestly could see Seth Curry getting minutes at the three this year. That sounds really weird. Yeah, but we've seen Devin. Think, yeah, exactly. So, like, but a lot of people will look at him and be like, man, he was a backup. You know, some people would say he's, he was a backup point to Dame last year. Why is he playing three or something now? Tim Hardaway Jr., probably in his whole life, you know, could, you know is considered a shooting guard. Yeah. Probably a three now. Like, three is, like, his position. Like, if he starts, he's probably going to be defined as a small four. However you want to do him and Luca, I guess he could be the shooting guard and Luca small four or whatever. But no, Dorian. No, no, Isaac. Luca is the point guard. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, and then, but, like, Dorian, uh, normally would be a three, but now he's a four. With Justin Jackson, is he, you know, more of the four route and all that stuff? So, I think just we ha- we can't stress this enough. Don't get wrapped up into the position spots and the titles and all that stuff because, yeah, we could see Seth playing freaking three. I mean, as weird as it sounds, can you imagine going back like 15, 20 years and saying, hey, the 6'7 guy on the court, he's going to be the point guard. But the 6'3 guy, he's a small forward. And some would be like, what? Like, Are you talking like about the Showtime Lakers? or? 
Yeah, well, I'm, the Lakers are the outlier for the most part. But, like, that just wasn't how, you know, that's not how yeah. teams, you know, were pretty much made back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And we can honestly see lineups like that this season. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see who ends up in those spots. Uh, but Dorian saying he's going to – but Carlisle saying Dorian's going to be playing mostly four this year I think did put him a tier below those two other guys. Or maybe just in that second spot behind the three wings and whoever's going to start is, is in the first spot. Maybe Dorian's second on the list now. Maybe he's third. But I think it did take him out of the starters. Yeah, because – Starting spot. I mean, we just heard Rick Carlisle say on media day of saying – Hey, Lucas, our point guard, KP's our four man for the most part. Yeah. So if KP's starting and he's the four man, and then the very next day he's saying Dorian Finney Smith is going to play the majority of his time at the four, then somebody. So <laughs> it, it definitely looks like you know, Dorian might be coming off the bench. Therefore, yeah, taking him out of that equation possibly at that three spot. So we think that's what we learned today as far as the three the three wings. Uh, it's still kind of a toss up between Justin Jackson and Tim Hardaway Jr. Before media day, we were thinking, man, where is Tim Hardaway Jr. going to play? And now we're like, where is Justin Jackson going to play? Is he is he's going to he's going to let the chips fall as they may? Is he going to play at all? <laughs> yeah. You know, it just flip-flops day to day. And I'm sure bo- they'll probably end the season the same amount of minutes per game. <laughs> right? Probably. That's just kind of how it works. Rotations are wild. Uh you can I go- do want to see Go ahead. I, I real quick, I just do I do want to see how the Delon Wright hamstring limitedness mm. uh, plays out because I want to see how committed they are to him as a starter. If that's where they're at, like, let's say it does limit him. Let's say they play a really conservative route and he misses the first like two preseason games or something like that. The next game that he's healthy, is he automatically a starter that would just show that hey, we're committed. Like we brought him in. He's a starter when he's healthy. He's starting kind of like Melvin Gordon with the chargers. Now he's like, back from the holdout and they're like hey when he's back he's our starter i wonder if they'll approach delon right like that or if it's hey if brunson has killed it and he's like playing well those first like two preseason game and delon is like set out or something if it's like all right well Jalen's like won the spot and they're kind of like it's more of a fluid situation so that's something i'm keeping an eye on yeah another football analogy is with the tony romo dak prescott stuff you know, when Tony Romo went out with those injuries and Dak Prescott filled in for him, a lot of people's arguments for Tony Romo coming back and being the starter was, well, you shouldn't be able to lose your job to injury. When you get healthy, you should be able to get back and have your spot. You were the starter to begin with. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a football mentality. But I think that works with, with the NBA, too. If you think a player is definitely, you know, is, is in that defined role, if they think that DeLon Wright is the starting point guard of this team and not just one of the potential starting point guards of this team, then when he comes back, you know, from being limited and if he plays preseason or not, or if he plays all the preseason games or not, we think he'll play some, but uh, then we'll see exactly what they think of DeLon Wright in that way. He left me hanging again. Guys, <laughs> we appreciate you. Were you tracking with me? Was that worth that? No, I was tracking with okay. you, but I knew we were running close on time, so I'm like, I'm just going to mess with him at this point. <laughs> Left me hanging twice in the same podcast, but guys, we appreciate you all um, getting back and, and listening. We had the highest number of downloads we've had since uh, free agency yesterday, and so we really appreciate that. Um, we'll be back until the season starts, pretty much. I think we're just going to try to go every day until the season starts. So guys, Raccoon Squad, now that all of you know what that means, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom.